is. The Secret Dynasty. It is. And I, I didn't care for them much either, but let me tell you, I, I respect the hell. In fact, I was there for uh, Pop's uh, most winningest coach in NBA history. I took my grandfather to it because it was a, a, a fellowship night for the Spurs, so we got the tickets for, for dirt cheap. I'm a huge Spurs fan, yeah. And so... Uh, I was there to witness it, and, and I respect the hell out of it, man. Like, that dude, what he's done with his teams is 100% what I would do as a coach. I make sure that everyone understands their role, like you're talking about, where they fit, and we're just going to win games, man. We're not going to, we're not going to, not one, not two, not three, none of this crap that LeBron does. We're going to go out there and just, you know, put our money where our mouth is and, and win these games. You know, that was the best moment of the Miami Heat. Once he said all that, it was, it felt like it was a wrap after that. And then we watch them play together. And they it, it takes a minute to to see greatness. It really does. Like, it's just not something that magically happens. Even Michael Jordan, he had to go through the Detroit Pistons in order to make it to the finals. I don't think anybody realizes that. And to be fair, as much as I hated it when I was in high school, I do miss those years of basketball, even though I hate the decision. And, and, and again, let me, let me talk about the decision real quick. If he had just gone to the team it didn't make a circus out of it. It didn't have that little spiel where he, you know, says not one, not two, not three. If he just went and said, you know, did a normal press conference, like everyone said, hey, you know what? I respect the organization that I was at. I don't feel like they were supporting me. I'm going to go join my good friend Dwayne Wade, and we're bringing Chris Bosh over here. He would have still got some flack for it, but I don't think it would have been as bad because as soon as you start putting numbers on things, you're you're you have to produce, and so. I hated the decision, but I loved, I loved watching those games. I love seeing every team bring their best. I mean, we're talking about, out of nowhere, we get Jeremy Lin and Lin Sandy, right? Yeah, for like a month, he was the hottest thing in the NBA. He was, and I, and I really think that was a direct correlation to LeBron leaving because, you know what, this, the game is starting to turn into this entertaining factor, right? We want to see these dominate. So you know what, I'm going to come and produce. And Jeremy Lin's story is actually really uh, I really love his story, and uh, I feel bad for some of the opportunities that he's missed out on. But, uh, yeah, you know, those were some great basketball games. And then you had, you know, everyone wants to say the original Big Three, which is there was more super teams. I, mean, I don't even really know. I'm biased here. I don't know if the Celtics with Ray Allen, KG, and Paul Pierce were a super team. Those guys were elite, but it's not the same level as LeBron James. I'm like, like, I wouldn't put that Celtic team as an elite team, but I would put them as they knew what they wanted. I could say that. They knew they wanted that championship. They knew they wanted that chip, that ring, and that was their goal. And, and to be fair, they did call themselves the big three, but it's not the same thing as when LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Wade joined together. No, no, not at all. I do respect those years. I loved watching it, but... Like, the, the Celtics... Yeah. The Celtics Big Three, they were in their prime. Or they were they were either in their prime or they were leaving their prime. Let me say it like that. Right. And they knew. They knew what time it was. They played basketball was let's put it that way. Like they were at the age where they might not have been in their athletic prime, but in their mental prime, they were most certainly there. They played smart basketball, defensive grit. Uh then you have, you know, the young buck Rajon Rondo, one of my favorite <laughs> favorite players of all time dude. hilarious i mean i've never seen someone wanted to scrap so much in a basketball i mean it looks like it looks like pickup basketball now yeah. that you mentioned rondo <laughs> he has to be one of the most disrespected players in nba history i mean he's disrespectful as hell though dude. oh yeah he is but i hate chris paul but i love that jab bro 
You know, like, you remember when the Clippers, the Clippers were a real scrappy team when they had Lou Williams and, uh, and what's his name on the team? Uh, like Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, Patrick Bailey. That, that was their backcourt for a while. Lou Williams and Patrick Bailey. They were a real scrappy team at that point. They made it to the playoffs with just those two. Right. You know, I think, like, the most disrespected player is actually Robert Ori in NBA history. Yeah, didn't he get kicked out of uh, game two for... Freaking in a fight with, with Doug Christie? That was amazing. That was great. You know the man has seven championships? Seven championships with the Lakers, the Rockets, and the Spurs. He was part of all three. Well, I don't know if we could call the Rockets a dynasty. They really just won back-to-back championships. And he was a rookie that year. But he was a part of two dynasties. He was a part of something that nobody ever gives him credit for. Right. And it was a pretty big piece on that, honestly. I mean, the NBA, it's kind of funny. It's, uh, I think your impact on the team makes, obviously, right, it's a, it's a smaller roster, so each player makes a bigger impact on the team, but not everything you do it can be placed in a metric, right? Like, a great example is Green, Draymond Green. Great example of unmeasurable dominance on his team. This dude... I love, for the record, I love me some Draymond Green. Are we really, are we really trying to say Draymond Green is an amazing player, or are we just trying to say he's on the right team doing the right things? I think, I think it, it, he needs to leave there to go to another team. Hopefully, he'll leave at a still being relevant and, and highly productive. But I, let's put it this way: if Draymond a couple years ago had left, and let's say he was on, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of a team. I'm trying to think of a team a couple years ago that, that had a real chance. Oh, oh, I can, I can, I'll give you one. Was it two or three years ago when the Celtics had Jason Tatum, the dunk on LeBron James? I, I bet you, if he was on that team, not only would they beat beat LeBron James and that Cavaliers team, but they would go on to beat the Warriors. Now, granted. That means the Warriors wouldn't have Draymond Green. But what I'm trying to say is that dude, the way he impacts the team is tremendous. His defense is amazing. He can play anybody at any position on defense. His IQ is so high. That's the thing. You can't really measure an IQ. You have to look at statistics and say, well, you know, he does the rebounds and the assists. And so you can kind of get a, a defensive IQ from that. But you really just don't know the little things that he does. And that's an unmeasurable thing, right? And so – we talk about some of these things that we can't measure. Draymond Green is like a great example of something where I think he's highly underrated and, and unlike for maybe some fair reasons, but maybe some unfair reasons too, man. If I were to tell you that he's overrated, would you be mad at me? No, nah, I wouldn't care. That's, I mean, that's what most people want. That's, that is what it is, man. I feel like he's an overrated player who is in the perfect situation and does exactly what he's supposed to do. And that's fair because I can't back anything up with statistics, man. I'm just going with the eye test here, bro. That's just that's well. I mean, I it's easy to back up what he does. Like he's there to be the enforcer. When the ball's in his hands, he doesn't screw it up. Right. That's you fair. know. Yeah, that is it. Like when he's there to make a statement against a star, he's gonna go do it. And he has enough. He has enough intelligence. He is smart enough to do something. And he knows he's good enough to where he's not going to get thrown out. Right. Well, I don't know about that because that dude easily could have got thrown out against the Celtics a couple weeks ago. And he got real lucky he did it. I would say 
that is actually his weakest point is his temperament sometimes, and I think that does get the best of him, uh, which is why when you saw him, you know, kicking people in the nuts and, you know, shit like that, that he, that is, is his EQ is sometimes a, a little lacking there, but his IQ on the core, and like you just said, big moments, that dude, I've, it's very few times, we'd have to go back and look at a lot of games to find moments where he actually screwed up, and that's huge, because even the stars, you know, so that's, that's kind of the thing, right, what makes these stars stars and the big moments they produce. When you talk about Damian Lillard hitting that three and Paul George's face, like, ten feet behind the three-point line. When you see Kevin Durant do that spin fadeaway against the Mavericks, you know, like, six years ago on his way, losing to the Golden State Warriors just before the Warriors went in. I mean, when you talk about those players, like, in big moments, they produce them. And Draymond, honestly, produces in big moments. It's just not in the same way. It's not with the step-back three. It's not with the emphatic dunk. It's with the defensive play, uh, you know, or giving passing the ball to the right person. That's And, 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 and see, for me, I, again, I can relate to this guy because how I play basketball is the same way. You're not going to see me hit a game-winning three. Of course, I do. You know, luckily, hit some sometimes, but... I want to make those plays that aren't recognized as much, like the defensive steal or the block that got to the to me to assisting you know our best player and hitting the three. Like it's not related to him a little bit more in those matters. I mean, he doesn't need to be the best player. He just needs to be no. Draymond Green when it's time to be Draymond Green. Yeah. Like you remember the season when uh, when everybody was going down on the Warriors. It was his time to shine, and what happened? That's fair. You don't always get the chance to be the star of the team. But when you have a chance to be the star of the team, you got to be the star. All right, so we've talked a little bit about this. Let's see. So at the end of the day, when we're looking at the mindset, I think that's the big that's the big difference between Jordan and LeBron. And going back to Jordan and just saying, I think instead of saying the era, I would just say the situations. If you put LeBron James in the situations that Jordan had to go through with bad boy, pissing, Jordan rules, um, you know, the issues that he had with, you know, obviously his father getting murdered, a lot of people attributed that to, you know, his quote-unquote gambling addiction, which didn't seem to really be an issue, um, and being really an underdog, that's the thing, Jordan, you know, everyone knows the story, but he wasn't a star basketball player in high school. And it wasn't until college that you start he starts breaking out a little bit under uh, I forget the coach's name at the time for the Tar Heels, but you're starting to see a progression of when he faces adversity, he's pushing through it. He's going to get better than adversity. Where on the flip, I feel like LeBron James naturally God-given talents. Yes, he had some hurdles to overcome with his life, you know, coming through poverty didn't have a father figure, but then, you know, he's the best player in high school in America with, like, thousands of people showing up for a high school game. Gets drafted straight from high school to the NBA. Is automatically, physique-wise, as built as an NBA player and is able to use his talents, you know, in that first year, loses to the Spurs. Yes, there is some adversity there, but it is a lot different. And I feel like if he had gone through what Jordan went through, we would never even have known who LeBron James was. And maybe as a kid, I don't know. As a kid, I think his mindset was a little better. But I think because things came to him so naturally, 
that when it did get tough, like in Miami, like if it wasn't for his team supporting him, I just don't think we, we would consider, I don't think LeBron is be anywhere near uh, accolades where he is now. I think I think he would really succumb to it. And I could be totally wrong about this, but that's just my feeling on it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. Jordan mentally was so much stronger and that and mentally, and that uh, LeBron just couldn't hang in those situations like Jordan did. I think we just view things a little differently. Like, like in, in all honesty, like if you were to ask me, I would tell you Michael Jordan is one of the greatest basketball players of all time, if not the greatest. Right. You know, and then I look at LeBron James and I don't see it just because I'm in a different, different age. Like you're, you're probably in the same age as me. You know, we look at LeBron James and we see social media and we see everything. We see it all. Like there's not a single thing that this dude does not do that we cannot be informed about. Because the restroom wipes his butt, we know about it, man. I mean, oh yeah, we, we know about. <laughs> does he use the left arm or the right arm? Which which hand does he reach through? Does he like? Does he have to stand up? Does he sit down? What does he do? <laughs> you know, we get to find those things out. We get to find out those things while doing it here. That's fair. And we so, didn't we didn't get that. So this ties into the next part that that we were looking at, right? With the the fall of the Lakers, and this is where. I was going to make some of those uh, kind of those uh, connections. I'm curious, you know, how do you feel about the fall of the Lakers? Do you blame LeBron? Do you blame Russell? You You know, where are you at with this? And honestly, the fall Lakers is still waiting to be determined. Like, I feel like if they were to find a way to sneak in, I wouldn't mind putting them as like my dark horse to win it all. I wouldn't, I would not, like, I doubt them. Not quite a hundred percent, but but pretty close to a hundred percent. But if you were to tell me I have to have AD, LeBron James, and Westbrook on the same team with like Carmelo Anthony on the bench and a couple other guys, and they're like, "Hey, look, we only need you to play basketball for like two more months. Can you do it?" And I'm pretty sure they'll get out of their wheels. They'll put whatever it is they need to put on their ankles and their knees. And like, yeah, we got it. We can fucking do it. We're gonna go get it. And it would be the dream. No, all right, all right. I'm looking at these standings right now because you're looking at the the dream. The dream would be them playing the Grizzlies. That would be the dream. Oh, give you this touch. I think that the don't, don't get me wrong, John Moran. I love some John Moran. That dude is fire. You know, by the way, John Moran in my eyes is not just the next face of the NBA, but he could possibly be the next Michael Jordan. I'll go as far as saying that shit. I can see that. I can see that. I think. I think a lot of comparisons were drawn to. Um, I could be wrong here. And I, and it's been a minute. But I think D Wade was another comparison. Just, uh, his play. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell was like the one that they were sitting there talking about could be or couldn't be. 